So I want to talk to you this morning about perspective. I do have some PowerPoint. I want to show you a little bit about our ministry, what we do. But I want to challenge you this morning first, if we can, and I want you to go to Matthew 6. I'm getting to the age where there's two sets of glasses, and I didn't want to wear two pairs, you know. I haven't mixed them yet, you know. What I'm talking about, you older people, you mix, you mix them, and then you feel like, you're, oh, yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna, I'm going to read off my phone because I mostly deal with kids, and so I'm, I'm dealing with the International Children's Bible. So if you have a phone app and you want to plug that version in, that's where I'm reading from. It may sound a little different than the one you're reading. I'm in Matthew 6, and I'm starting at verse 22. And I'm talking to you this morning about perspective. All right? I don't know why, but have you ever had a theme come up where God just starts saying things and it starts coming up in everyday conversation or you hear it in a song or you're, you're like, hmm, there's a theme going on here. Well, that's been a theme for me lately, and so I want to share it with you. Verse 22, the eye is the light of the body. If your eyes are good, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are evil, then your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the only light you have is really darkness then you have the worst darkness. And I just want to talk about light being perspective, all right? What's your perspective this morning? Because perspective really will shift a lot of things. And if your perspective isn't coming from here and coming from Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, then you're in the worst kind of darkness, right? So if you want to shift the words around and say, our perspective is the light of our body, if our perspective is good, then our whole body will be full of a great perspective or light, right? But if our perspective is evil, then our whole body will be full of darkness. We're living in some crazy times, right? Yeah. You better have a great perspective. If you're going to get through this, if we're going to get through this, we have to have a perspective that is heavenly-minded, that is kingdom-minded. I've heard your um, pastor talking about you're doing the series on kingdom obsession. you got to be obsessed with the kingdom if you're going to make it. You really do. Because the source of that is Jesus Christ. He's the one we're supposed to be obsessed with. God the Father, Holy Spirit, all of that is to be our obsession and our focus. And if that is your focus and that is your obsession, guess what? You're going to look at things differently. You're going to look at every challenge that comes to you differently with hope. We sang about that this morning. Hope. Hope is what drives us, right? We're to offer that to the people around us. We have hope. This, this isn't the end. There's something after, right? And we already know the end of the story. We win. We win. We have won, by the way. All right? There's a party at the end, but we've already won. Okay? And if the enemy sits there and tells you that you are full of, Ugh, you're no good, you're never going to mount anything, all the mistakes you've made in your life are going to define you, you will never be what God could have made you. Right? That's a bad perspective. Okay? That's a perspective that doesn't come from him. It doesn't come from heaven. All right? And if you don't know what God's perspective is, the only way you're going to find it is by getting into his word and spending time with him. So if that's not a habit for you, it needs to be because it's life-saving. Not because it's like brushing your teeth or, you know, making sure you go to the doctor on time. It's not like that. It's a want to. It's an obsession, right? We've all had obsessions that weren't healthy. Yeah? Yeah. We're all in recovery. Did you know that? We're all in recovery. Every single one of us. There is stuff in our life that will take us and, woohoo, squirrels. I have squirrels, you know. They're squirrels. 
And I see them a lot. You ask my kids. I go downstairs and forget what I was walking down there for, you know. Get into something else. It's kind of scary. And so this past season that we've all been journeying through, you all know the, the stuff we've been walking through. I don't even like to talk about it after a while because I think we're all about done with it. But it is a part of our reality. It's what we're walking through. And the Lord gets in. We're, I'm down in verse 25. He says, so I tell you. Don't worry about the food you need to live. Don't worry about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more important than food. And the body is more important than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And you know that you are worth much more than the birds. You have to let that sink in, by the way. You are worth much more than the birds. They're out there. They're being fed. Even though it's winter, they didn't store up special grains. They didn't go to Walmart when the stuff was on sale and stock it up in their pantries, right? And they're being fed because he cares for them. And you are so much more valuable than any bird, right? And I could add some things to that. Don't worry about the electric bill. Don't worry about how you're going to put gas in the car. We have all these things that are squirrels, right? And it keeps our perspective in this lower level, right? It's just distractions because the enemy knows if he can get you focused on the here and now and not the kingdom obsession thing, right, you'll be useless. He doesn't even need to worry about you. You're not scary. Let's be scary. Let's be scary to the enemy, right? Where our focus and our obsession is so laser pinpointed that he is like, oh, crap, Sorry, I said that in church. Anyway, oh, crap. They're, they're a problem. They are a problem. We had better get busy because that, what they have their focus on, I, I, can't, I can't mess with that. And you really can't. If your perspective is coming from here and you aren't worrying about the things that everyone else worries about, you know, later in the scripture it says if you're worrying about that stuff, you're just like the people who don't know who God is. Right? Hey, this season has revealed a lot about us. Where were we really relying? Who were we really thinking was in charge, right? I saw people from church going out and buying loads of toilet paper just like everyone else, right? That says a lot about us, okay? We weren't loading our carts first with food. It was toilet paper and paper towel. I don't understand that exactly, but I do think God was speaking, okay? He was saying, where... Where does your resource lie? Who are you really relying on? Who are you really depending on? Do you believe I'll take care of you? Do you believe I'll give you toilet paper if you need it? Guys, we got needs way beyond the toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? So let's not worry about that. And I just feel like this was such an opportunity for us to have this aha moment of why are we really doing this thing called church? Right? Because a lot of us didn't get to do this for a while. Yes? And you know what you ended up realizing? You missed people. Do you know why we miss people? Because they're made in his image. You are made in his image. We were made to be in community together. We were made to do this thing together. We were made to build the kingdom together. Right? It's a family. You just said that family time thing. I love family. That is the concept of kingdom obsession is family. It's a family you belong to and nobody can kick you out of it even if you screw up. You got screwball family members? I do. You love them anyway. 
right? They're welcome at the table anyway, okay? The church needs to represent that, that if you mess up, you're still welcome at the table. We'll still have conversation. We'll still dialogue. We'll still share dreams. We'll still still share pain, right? It's not all a party. There is still pain. There is still grief. There is still trouble. Jesus said so. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's what we need to rely on and depend on and hang out on. And he goes into further, why do you worry about clothes or the electric bill or the toilet paper? Look at the flowers in the field, how they grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves, but I tell you that even Solomon, who as far as I know is the richest king ever, wasn't dressed as beautifully as they are. And I'm paraphrasing some. God clothes the grass in the field that is living today and gone tomorrow. He, he clothes that stuff that you mow in the summer and just put in a bag and leave somewhere. He clothes that, okay? The birds and the grass. Are you getting this? Do you feel more important than a bird and grass? I hope so. Because that's how he sees you. You are so much more important and valuable than that. And so he invests into you. He loves you. He chooses you. And if you get that, if you get that in here, you will follow after him hard, not because you have to, because you want to. That's what the kingdom is, showing people the want to. I am following hard after Jesus because he's my all in all. He paid my price, the price I couldn't pay, the one I didn't have enough money to spend on, right? He paid that for me. Did you hear in that song, the wrath of God was satisfied. God was angry. He was angry with our sin. Wasn't wasn't necessarily you, but our sin separates us from him. And Jesus paid the entire price. And that's who I'm obsessed with because he made a way for me to be in relationship with God. He made it for all of us. None of us are excluded. Everybody here, he's obsessed with you. And that's why we're obsessed with him. So I want to just challenge you with that this morning because a lot of us struggle with anxiety. That's in this, in this chapter too. Don't be anxious. Don't, don't have anxiety about all these lesser things. Shift your gaze to him. Let your perspective be one that is founded in him. Folks, we know the difference. We know the difference in the voices that come into our head and into our mind, all right? God speaks one way. The enemy speaks another way. It says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you hear a condemning, guilt-filled, shame-filled voice, it's not God. He will always give you hope. He will correct you. Don't, I, I'm not one of those people who don't believe God doesn't correct people. Oh, it's just all good. We're all going to be fine. It's all love. No, no, it's not. He will correct you. You know why? Because he loves you. Sometimes you get a spanking. And it's the best thing ever because he saved you from something terrible, right? So God does correct us because he loves us. But he will never reject you. And he will never put this heavy weight of that you just can't do anything with, right? He took that. He put it on Jesus so that you never had to carry it. So I want to leave that with you this morning. I'm going to show you some pictures from where we minister and who we minister to. But I just want you to be challenged this morning 
that if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that you will find him today because he's been, he's been always there. You just didn't know. And, and as you get to know him, he will show you where he has been time and time again through your entire history, and that is why you are here, because he's protected you. He's brought you to this place. So I, I, my prayer for you is that you will know this, this one we say we want to be obsessed with, Jesus Christ.